How a Single Punch Ruined an Entire Campaign This story was submitted by one of our very own viewers, Elizabeth. Thank you. I've been playing D&D for about 5 years or so, but one campaign has stuck with me to the point where I can still visualize it. This was supposed to be a 5th edition homebrew campaign, done on the Roll20 system, but later turned into a one-shot. Our sessions were to be every 2 weeks, and over 9-10 to 10 hours long. The group consisted of an Oath of Vengeance Sapphire Dragonborn Paladin, a Half-Elf Pyromancer, Evocation Wizard, a Dwarf Fighter, a Human War Cleric, and myself, a Wood Elf Beast Ranger with Wolf Companion. Most of our alignments were neutral. I think I was the only one with chaotic good alignment. We started our campaign at a large camp of our DM's homebrew world. We were part of a monster hunting guild, primarily fought monsters for coin, but the odd mercenary work too. Our group had done a few jobs before the campaign started, as a way to have our characters know each other better. We shared a massive multi-room tent. Our sponsor had approached us with a job. A monster had attacked a nearby town that needed to be investigated. On the way, we fight a couple of ogres, but nothing else. When we get to the town, we notice it is completely ransacked. Bodies ripped apart and entrails covered the main roads, while others hung from windows of burning houses. My character, being the stealthiest and fleetest of foot, led the group 30 feet ahead. My wolf companion noticed movement at an overturned wagon that was still on fire. When we got closer, there was someone pinned under the wagon. A wheel spoke had impaled him in the abdomen. I yelled for my companions to help me move the wagon. I was more dex than strength. Our paladin single-handedly moved the wagon, nat 20, and our cleric healed his wounds. We asked him what had attacked the town, but due to exhaustion he passed out. Our cleric wanted to check him for any more additional wounds. Natural one. Nope. He just seems to be in shock. While our fighters stayed with the NPC for protection, everyone else searched the town for any more survivors. We found nothing. My wolf and I did a perimeter check and find large tracks leading into a nearby forest. But it had rained earlier, so the tracks were indistinguishable. With no leads or other survivors, we left a death marker to pay homage to the dead and returned to our base camp. When we arrived, our sponsor told us that the camp had no place to keep the unconscious NPC, so he had to bunk in our tent for the night. We had decided to have the NPC bunk with our pyromancer. At around midnight, we were awoken by the sounds of screaming from our wizard. Turns out that NPC had been bitten by a werewolf, therefore he was cursed with lycanthropy. And we never bothered to ask the DM what moon phase was it. Full moon, of course. So, our wizard decides to cast Burning Hands, an AoE spell in an enclosed space, inside a very flammable tent. Yes, he lit our tent on fire. So, we all roll initiative. Our wizard got lucky and was going first, then the werewolf, followed by our paladin, cleric, me, and fighter respectively. The wizard decides he needs to get out now. Opportunity attack by the werewolf. Critical hit. So now, our wizard is sitting at 4 hit points. Werewolf's turn goes in for a bite attack, another critical, and the wizard is now unconscious. Our paladin decides to suit up. His normal armor was played. Yep. The cleric runs out the side of the tent. His room was next to the wizard's. I do the same and ready an ensnaring strike for when I see the werewolf, with my wolf watching my back. We wait, knowing eventually the werewolf will leave the tent. The fighter grabs his sword and shield and runs into the wizard's room. When he sees the werewolf, he begins to shove the creature out the back of the tent with his shield and successfully gets the creature outside, where the cleric and I are waiting. I manage to hit the creature with the ensnaring strike, but our cleric misses his spell's attack. Our wizard fails his first death saving throw, and our paladin stops putting on his armor. He only manages to get a gauntlet on and runs out the tent right behind the werewolf. 
He casts Divine Smite and rolls. Natural 20. It's already double damage, and he rolls one point away from max damage. Roughly 64 to 65 points of damage. Now this was around the time when the anime One Punch Man came out. So immediately, most of us nerds start singing the opening song, because he had just beaten a werewolf with one punch. After our little breather, we heal the wizard back. Our paladin was approached by a hulking black armored figure, the strongest warrior in the guild. In all my life, I've never seen anyone beat such a formidable creature with a single punch. I will upgrade you and your companions to a higher status among the guild and grant you a more permanent residence. This meant instead of a tent, which by the way was still burning with all our belongings in it, we were going to move into the guild hall. The paladin fighter and I managed to get all of our items out before the tent was fully engulfed in flames. But the wizard and cleric were going to be getting some new gear, courtesy of the hulking black armored man. The next day, we received a summons to the king of this region, the King of Shadows. What we as the party didn't know was this summons had an enchantment on it, a one-way teleportation spell to the throne room of the castle, which was over a week's journey on foot. We gathered whatever supplies we could and used the spell. Immediately, we found ourselves in a huge, dimly lit, almost pitch black throne room, and sitting on the throne was the king. Even with dark vision, we couldn't see his face. I have summoned you all here because there is a creature terrorizing a neighboring town. I could easily dispatch it myself, but I wish to see what the group who killed a werewolf with a single punch can do. After telling us where to go, a black mist starts to surround us, and we find ourselves outside the castle's front door and the destination of our new quest just on the horizon. A one-punch man in the making was about to be put to the test by the king on the last episode. This is what happens next. We departed from the castle toward the neighboring town that had been attacked by a mysterious creature. After a few days' journey, with not much complications other than snow, we arrive at the town. This town was built inside a large cave in a mountain. Immediately, the party finds a little girl sobbing with an arctic fox at the entrance to the cave. She couldn't have been more than ten. Our paladin was the first to greet the little girl, by smiling. Dragonborn can't really smile, it looks like someone bearing their fangs, but without anger in the face. Well, his plan backfired, because the girl immediately starts to run for the cave. Luckily, my speed is faster than anyone in the party, and I catch her after she only ran 10 feet. I calmed her down and asked her what her name was and why she was all by herself. My name is Marilyn. I lived here, but this thing with many heads came and destroyed everything with its breath of fire. She begins to bawl her eyes out. I remembered she had a little arctic fox with her. I whistle for it to come over. It comes directly to me and not to the girl, which makes her cry even harder. I whisper into the fox's ear, please comfort your owner, not me and it immediately starts to snuggle with the girl. While this was all happening, we were at the mouth of the cave. We couldn't see into it, but we could definitely hear, and something was wrong. Paladin. What should we do? All we know something is coming. Wizard. I say we throw the girl into the cave. That will give us time for whatever is coming to launch a few spells and ranged attacks. Me. No. We will protect this girl. She is a victim. Fighter. I'm with the ranger on this. It's not right. Cleric. I say throw her. The wizard tries to grab onto the girl and I keep getting in his way. The paladin pushes me aside, picks the girl up and chucks her. The fighter and I are already running. I managed to catch her, but she landed on her leg at an awkward angle, breaking it. The DM tells me while I am holding her close to my chest to muffle her screams of pain. I look up and see three large heads towering above me. A goat's head, a dragon's head, and a lion's head. This was a chimera and it was preparing to breathe fire. My first instinct was to put myself between the girl and the beast. I take the full force of the blast. Five hit points left. Roll initiative. Luckily, I rolled the highest and I dash away. The girl is wailing in pain in my arms and I am running to the entrance of the cave, yelling to our group of child murderers, I'll deal with you all later. I hide her behind a rock and pull out my longbow, ready to start shooting at the chimera. 
Our fighter was the only one for about two turns to be face to face with the beast, while the cleric paladin and wizard threw spells at the thing. After about eight turns of utter pain and anguish, we finally beat the creature. But I didn't stop. First thing I do is throw my bow, march to the paladin, and start pulling on one of his ears towards the little girl. You're going to apologize to her, heal her, and leave her alone all the way back to camp. The paladin's player grumbled, but he did do it in a sarcastic fashion. We start making our way back to camp. The fighter and I take up the rear, and the little girl was straddling the side of me, as I was the only one who genuinely cared for her well-being. The fox was napping in my backpack. The snow did deter us a little bit, but no one complained. I think out of fear of fighting the fighter and I. In our first night camping out, the party fell under a trance. I managed to resist the trance, but pretended to be under the effects of the spell. That was when I saw the little girl wake up. She walked over to me and kissed the side of my cheek. Then she walked out of my line of eyesight. From the corner of my eye, I saw her and the fox starting to make their way away from the group. I thought maybe she was just stressed about the entire situation, but I wasn't going to let her leave. So my wolf and I tailed her. Within the next hour, everyone begins to wake up, noticing that their coin purses are missing along with me, the girl, and our animals. Each of us had around 2,000 gold. The wizard was furious and immediately looks for where we had gone. Nat 20 on survival. He picks up our trail immediately and the others follow suit. They were ambushed by a pair of trolls, but the wizard ignored the ambush, leaving the other three party members to deal with them. When I caught up to the girl, I stopped her and asked her what she was doing. We were in a large clearing in the woods. Please don't think ill of me, sir. I just… your companions. They are some of the worst people I've ever met. How can you stand being with them? They were willing to let me die. No, they chose for me to die. You and the dwarf were the only people who watched over me, saved me even. Why? Why did you save me? The girl cried out. I saved you because I see me. When I was around your age, my parents in the druid circle I belonged to were killed by a black dragon. I survived thanks to my mother, at the cost of her life. I was taken in by a wolf pack we were friends with. Rokan here is the son of the alpha of that pack, as am I. We were willing to die to make sure you lived. I know the dwarf would have done the same. Too bad he can't run as fast as you and I, I said, and we share a chuckle breaking the tension. I bring her in for a hug. Of course, I'm nearly twice her height, so I needed to kneel down. I asked the DM where her fox was, and he says I never saw it. Where's your arctic f- I began to ask before I couldn't move, and neither could the girl. I begin to hear a cackle behind me. The wizard had cast a double-hold person, and we both failed our saves. Think you could get away from me? No, not with my new gift I have embraced. You thieves can't go anywhere now, the wizard said with a face-splitting grin. He comes around, and he had evil intent burning in his eyes. He then begins to pry the girl out of my arms and threw her to the ground and then jumps on top of her. You see, thieves get their fingers broken. One breaks a finger by one and breaks another. I could hear her muffled screaming. I watch in helpless horror and scream, you sick bastard, let her go. Oh, I'll let her go, but she needs to learn what happens when you cross me. He cast bonfire near me. I failed my saving throw, but the girl passed hers and tries to crawl away while screaming at the top of her lungs. Ah, 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 where do you think you're going? I'm not finished with you. He drags her feet into the bonfire. She screams in pain. Her feet are burning, her fingers are broken, and I couldn't do anything to save her from this torture. At this point, I'm actually crying and screaming into the mic for this guy to stop. Finally, everyone else starts to enter the clearing, knowing that they could hear the little girl screaming in pain. The wizard then turns his attention to the group. They yell at each other. I'm still bound, and the girl crawls to me and up into my arms begging for me to get up and save her. I finally make the save on the DC and pick the girl up and run toward the group past the wizard. You may run, but she dies! He casts magic missile. The girl's body goes limp in my arms, her motionless face stained with tears. I had failed. I dropped to my knees, crying over her lifeless form. You monster! Why did you kill her? She didn't deserve to die! The dwarf fighter roared. 
The wizard just cackles. You see, I embraced the werewolf, and the werewolf wanted this. Now I shall leave. This place? I yelled out, whispering an incantation. Yes, of course. Why? Would you like to die too? He sneered. I gently lay her body on the dew-laden grass. I stand up, pulling out my new plus-one longbow. Go join the Nine Hells! I screamed as I unleashed a hail of thorns at second level. Natural 20. The arrow pierces his skull as the rest of his body is continually pierced by thorns. He collapses in a bloody, ruined mess. I put my bow away and look to the cleric, pleading. You can't save her, can you? That is where our session and campaign ended. The DM didn't respond to us players at all, and after two months, he removed the game. Oh my god, this is what is called blurring the lines of morality. Was it the curse of lycanthropy that made the wizard go mad? Was it just the player that went over the line? Has anything like this happened to you? Please let us know and comment below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, All Things D&D. Our next video will be posted in three days, so stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.